KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. We did a podcast a while back on the concept of telemedicine. It is something that had been available prior to the pandemic, but its use has skyrocketed here as we battle COVID-19 for obvious reasons. Going along with that, doctors and hospitals are now also really taking advantage of another concept that is relatively new, home monitoring of patients. At Inspira Health in South Jersey, this program is called Health Plus. Now, once again, it's something that had been in place before, but it is obviously become much more prevalent in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Wanted to learn more, so we caught up with Dr. Gregory Breen, a pulmonologist and critical care specialist for Inspira Medical Group. Really interesting stuff. Give a listen. So the concept of home monitoring for patients, I believe you guys call it Health Plus at Inspira. Kind of Talk to me about what it is. Is it as simple as the name indicates that you guys just monitor patients that are at home? Yes, uh, it is uh, as simple as that in terms of uh, the basics of it, but it actually involves a, a, a huge shift in how we practice medicine and how we care for patients, uh, prompted by the by the COVID pandemic uh, mostly. Um, so there's many facets of it uh, other than just simple monitoring. Was this something that came about specifically because of the pandemic, or is this something you guys had been kind of easing into the equation and the pandemic has accelerated it? It would be the second, the latter. So it was something that was in place uh, previously at a, at a low level. In fact, it was not something that I was uh, a part of or utilizing prior to the pandemic. And then the, pan- the needs uh, from the pandemic caused it to to become exceedingly important and and much more a part of our daily practice than it ever was before, at least for for me personally. So kind of uh, take me inside the details here. I assume this is for patients that come to you, come to the hospital and are discharged. Kind of, of how does it work? Who does it focus on? Stuff like that. So, I mean, I think the I think the best way to explain the program is to give an example um, so I'll give you the example of, of uh, two patients that I'm caring for currently. One of them is 82 years old, a gentleman, and they're married. And the, the wife is 80 years old. I won't really say their names, of course. Uh, they both were admitted with COVID uh, coronavirus infection uh, to our hospital. And they're both uh, getting better and about to be discharged here within the next 24 hours. So the, the wife has COPD and COVID pneumonia. And the husband has COVID pneumonia as well. They are both requiring oxygen. So in the past, if you if a patient presented with any type of pneumonia and were going to get discharged home, they couldn't. Uh, you could not be discharged home with oxygen therapy and a simple diagnosis of pneumonia. There had to be a chronic condition. So if you take these two patients, the, the wife, I could discharge her home if she were stable and call it chronic stable COPD with pneumonia. And, and potentially get her oxygen at home. And uh, and we would just, that would be the end of it. She would go home and we would follow her up in about a week. The gentleman would have to stay in the hospital uh, for as long as it took to wean him off oxygen because he, he does not have another diagnosis. So that was part one. Part two is if we've decided, which was the case with COVID, that we were going to discharge patients home now on oxygen therapy, then how are we going to monitor them? Was it going to be safe to do it? What is going to be our comfort level sending patients home? 
uh, in, a, in a fashion that we never did before. So that was kind of the crux of it. And so what happens at this point is uh, a patient is stabilized. So their COVID pneumonia is uh, deemed to be as stable as it can be. And as long as they're felt to be safe for discharge, we will then provide them with equipment to monitor their oxygen at home. And then they can, you know, uh, they'll check in a few times per day, send us their oxygen levels. And those oxygen levels are monitored hour to hour, day to day, you know, day and night. Um, if there is a problem with their oxygen level, it gets, it gets noted, they get a phone call, and the physician gets alerted. In addition, there's a, uh, a summary uh, of what their oxygen levels are doing as, as a trend that, that comes to the physician twice a week. So I usually get those reports uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. The cool thing about it is that these reports are, go, are, are uh, entered into the electronic medical record. So as I'm seeing other patients, making my rounds, looking for lab work, I'm getting reports on patients that have been discharged. So I'm getting an up-to-date assessment of how they're doing. So there's lots of potential advantages here, but I'm sorry, go ahead. I saw another question coming. <laughs> now, I was going to say, uh, when it comes to the monitoring, is this something that's done through a phone? Is this something that's done through the the the, the thing that's giving people oxygen, how exactly are they monitored? So they're provided with equipment that is that, that has wireless capability and uh, an oxygen sensor or, or a pulse oximeter is, is, the, is the major part of that. And that then can be transmitted wirelessly and, uh, and you know, to our, to our server, to our computer. It's all done, you know, HIPAA compliantly. And so that information then is available to the physician. There have been some cases where some patients have had problems technically with the equipment, but that's really been a minority of the cases. And uh, by and large, everyone's been able to to adapt to it, and, and we've gotten really good data from it. At this point with the, the monitoring, is it it is narrowly specific for patients that require oxygen? Is that correct? So I've actually used it in other patients who I thought who did not technically require oxygen, but I thought were borderline or, or merited closer observation. So the way we determine or the way it is determined that someone requires oxygen, they have to have an oxygen level, not to get too technical, but that drops to 88%. So normal oxygen level typically is in the 90s for most. So if you drop to 88%, either at rest or with ambulation, uh, with walking on room air, that is a that is the the metric that we use to uh, determine if you need oxygen at home. That was the traditional metric. So I, I had one patient in particular that I can remember again with COVID nineteen uh, who uh, didn't meet that criteria. So he actually was discharged home without oxygen. He was stable, doing well, but we had a suspicion or just a concern that maybe we should watch him a little bit more closely. And rather than keeping him in the hospital, and there's lots of, I mean, the hospital is a great place to be when you're very sick, but maybe not so great, uh, great a place to be as you're getting better and trying to recover. But in this case, we, he, we were able to discharge him home with the oxygen monitoring, and we actually did see that he was dropping at home. So in the confines of his room or in the, in the hallway of the hospital, his oxygen levels were okay. As he started doing more at home, we started seeing these oxygen levels drop. And then we can make an intervention at that point. So typically, yes, it does allow for, the, it is used in patients who are on oxygen at discharge, but it can be used uh, at, the, at the discretion of the physician. 
and I and I used it in that case. But I mean, it really is. Uh, it's there's the comfort level with discharging a patient on oxygen now is so much is so much higher. Um, and as you know, as I mentioned uh, or as I alluded to before, having someone in the hospital when they are recovering may not be the best place for them. Uh, there's lots of uh, there are lots of issues with being uh, with having a prolonged hospitalization and COVID-19 or you know novel coronavirus infection. This is a very prolonged disease uh, course of illness, uh, almost like nothing we've ever seen. So typically pneumonias are resolving in days, maybe a week, and this this virus, this infection takes weeks and sometimes longer, and uh, potentially patients could be be trapped in a hospital room for that period of time. So they're not able to have visitors, right? So they're in isolation. Uh, no visitors are allowed. Uh, they're confined to these four walls, uh, very limited ability to move around. Our, you know, we're lucky. We have private rooms for every patient that are quite beautiful and, and large, but still it is, it is four walls. And so there's a, there's a, a physical and psychological benefit to trying to discharge patients a little bit earlier. And I think they heal better when they go home sooner. Could you see this expanding where it goes beyond just concerns about oxygen and you could be able to monitor concerns about blood pressure, concerns about pulse, stuff like that, where uh, really all different things maybe uh, you could handle kind of remotely like this? Absolutely. We are using, uh, we in Spira are using some of this technology to monitor blood pressure and I believe blood sugars as well, diabetic patients similar type of situation there. And it really dovetails well with the whole uh, remote virtual visits that we're doing. I mean, that's been a revolution as well, where we're seeing patients virtually much, much more. I saw uh, 25 patients in the office today, meaning scheduled for office visits, but I only saw five actually in the office and the other 20 were virtual. And that's really been, you know, the situation during this pandemic. And if you dovetail that uh, a visit with, you know, on phone or by video with extra extra data like oxygen levels, heart rate, blood pressure, then you really are getting a much more accurate, I think, and, and detailed look at what your patients, what's happening with your patient. How much of a challenge is this with regards to what insurance covers and doesn't cover? Because this is something... Uh, concept that has really exploded here. Are you finding any problems with that, with uh, getting, I don't know if cooperation is the word, but getting a good solid understanding of, of what companies are, are covering and stuff like that? Because I'm sure that's one of the first things patients have questions about. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think in the, in the early days, uh, there was no issue and coverage was really not a, a concern or a problem. Uh, if you had the diagnosis of uh, of uh, COVID-19 coverage was provided, I really didn't see any problems. I do have to admit that now, as we are progressing and perhaps, uh, I guess when there's a little bit of a lull, uh, there's been a little bit of a lull in the acuity of the, of, the, uh, of the pandemic, that's changing, but in the past month or so, I don't know if that's the reason, but we are seeing a little bit more resistance on the part of the insurance companies. It's still not uh, an issue of uh, at hospital discharge, but, but what we're finding, as I mentioned before, is that the chronicity of this disease, meaning the patients are sick uh, for a long period of time, and they take a long period of time to recover. So they're on oxygen for not just weeks, but now months. Uh, 
And as it goes to months, we are now seeing pushback from the insurance companies not wanting to continue supplemental oxygen at that point. Um, another issue is also with portable oxygen. So this is the these are the battery operated devices that allow patients to ambulate and mobilize a little bit more. They are quite expensive, uh, you know, in the in the fifteen hundred dollar plus range. And uh, so there's been pushback there to provide patients with those units that I'm seeing a little bit more often. But that's on the back end. So I do think there has to be some adjustment on the part of the insurance companies to understand that this is going to take weeks and months for many patients, not just, uh, you know, not just a, a, a short period of time. And so uh, I'm hoping to see a little bit, a little bit better buy-in from the insurance companies on that issue. I know one of the main concerns, and it was something we heard a lot when the pandemic kind of first rolled over the country, was the concern of health systems being overwhelmed by the by people coming with the virus. Being comfortable with this, having this ability to discharge patients at a certain point and monitor them from home, how much of a, a arrow in your quiver is that, that knowing you can kind of thin things out like this if necessary, if things were to, if we were to see a real surge like that? That's a great point. And uh, yeah, it is, it is a very valuable tool. Um, I mean, it's part of many of the different things we're doing to try to make sure we have capacity. And uh, it is, it, it's very important. Um, in the end, there's multiple advantages to, to an earlier discharge. That is one of them. So uh, when you're trying to make space for patients who, who require uh, more urgent, more critical care. But I think really it, 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 it also helps the patients so much. I mean, there's so much of an advantage to being at home with your family, uh, recovering in a, in, a, in a setting that is comfortable for you. You can go outdoors, get some sunshine, some vitamin D. Uh, so there's so many advantages to being discharged early. I almost... So what I'm saying is that I, I think that it's a it's a valid program even in the absence of this other of these other benefits. It's it's such a benefit for the patient from a from a physical and psychological standpoint. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question. I mean, have has the game changed here? I mean, obviously nobody wants to go through a pandemic, but if there is a positive to look at, it's that this uh, this idea of home monitoring and you put it with the concept of telemedicine, uh, it, it really is kind of a game changer that could kind of help everybody across the board, no? I agree 100%. I do think it's a game changer. I mean, I don't make policy, uh, of course, and uh, and often there's uh, there's dollars and cents involved and uh, and decisions made at a different level. But from a physician level, and I think my, my partners and colleagues would agree 1,000%, this is a game changer, and this is a great way to manage our patients. And I, I want to see it expand more and more as you know, as as uh, as time goes on. That's it for this episode of KYW In Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 